0: Please tell me about your dance class. So, I just got back from a dance class, and normally I would be really intimidated by dance classes and to be honest, I actually was kind of intimidated by this dance class. <laughs> but I wanted to do it because it's a friend of my acting teacher, our acting teacher.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'd followed her on Instagram for a little while and then unfollowed her. And then our friend Meg texted me and was like, "Hey, someone else that she knows went to this dance class and it was really fun. And I kind of want to go. Do you want to go with me? And I was like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> like it totally felt alive because it was someone that I already knew too. Yeah. The way that the dance class is described is it's all about being like 13 and putting together a dance performance with your friends oh. and then performing it in front of your parents. Like, very low stakes. That is honestly my ideal dancing situation. I'm gonna go again. You're gonna come. Great. It was so much fun. The moves are so zany and Ooh. fun and like not hot. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like so often you go to a dance class and it's all about how you look and about like being sexy and being like cool. And it was so just like being in your body. But yeah, it was really fun. And then like the the warm-up part of it, we did Someday by Britney Spears. Sorry, Sometimes. Sometimes by Britney Spears. <gasps> no. Oh. It was like, sometimes I run, sometimes I hide, sometimes and we had to I actually hide. do it. Sometimes
1: yeah. I'm scared of
0: you. And then we would scream. We would look at someone and we would scream on Sometimes I'm Scared of You. It was so much fun. I felt like a little kid. This is
1: ideal. Like not looking cute, acting a fool, screaming at each other, interpretive dance, Britney Spears. Yeah. Wow. That's so exciting. We did an across the floor exercise that was like we were supposed
0: to be the ugliest we could be. Yeah. It was so fun.
1: I love that.
0: And then we did one where we were like on drugs and we had to like walk really fast and I pretended like I had to pee and like I needed to get to the other end of the
1: runway otherwise I was going to pee my pants. Mm. Good motivation. Yeah. What was the song that you did the dance to? Like the overall dance.
0: Gwen Stefani, No Doubt. I don't remember. I don't remember the name of the song.
1: Was it like Older No Doubt?
0: Yeah was older wait i have a video of myself dancing because she made us record ourselves
1: great so we're gonna post that to instagram for our listeners
0: hell no (laughs) we're absolutely not doing that (laughs) i'd never heard the song before but it was very very fun to dance to we pretended we were cinderella for a little while we had this one move that was like a lawnmower and then like we like punched a wall and then we had a karate chop Oh, it was a good time. Just
1: classic moves. <laughs> you know, classic moves. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to say the name of the teacher so that people can follow? So the
0: teacher's name is Angela Trimber. I think that's how you say her name. But we'll tag her in the show notes. So if you want to find her, um, I'll put her Instagram in the show notes.
1: What a cool concept for
0: a dance class. I went up to her and told her this after class, but it felt like when I was eight, my mom would leave me at home for like pretty long periods of time and we had this surround sound system in our living room. <laughs> and I would find songs like often like Hilary Duff. It was a lot of Hilary Duff and a lot of Clay Aiken. And I would just like blast the music and dance my little heart out. And like it didn't have to make sense. It didn't have to look a certain way. Nobody was watching me. I, I didn't care what I looked like.
1: Mm-hmm. But it
0: felt so cathartic. And that's what this class felt like.
1: That's so nice. Well, it'll we'll have to go together. I would love to go. I just listened to your weekly check-in answer. Yeah. And you talked about looking for joy. And I feel like that's what you found today. You found some inner child joy. Totally. And it wasn't about the end result.
0: Like we did, we quote unquote performed at the end Basically, the class split up into two groups, and then we just did the class half and half. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't about – to me, it wasn't about the process. It wasn't about the way that I looked. It wasn't about if I got all the moves right because I definitely did not get all the moves right (laughs) even by the end of the class. It was just about feeling like it was fun Mm. and just enjoying myself and just moving my body. And if I didn't, like, move the right way, then it was like, okay, well, I didn't move the right way, but, ooh, I know this move. Just like getting back into it versus my experience with dancing for auditions or for musicals. It's like so much pressure and you're being judged based on how you perform.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And this was just enjoying the process of performing it, you know, and that was really joyful. Have
1: you seen Center Stage? No. What's that? Okay. This is a film. A Uh film film that you and I will have to sit down and watch because it's one of these movies that I reference all the time. So it's this movie where all of these ballerina dancers, ballet dancers, whatever the hell. They go to American Ballet, the American Ballet Company in New York City and this is fictional and they all go and it's all these like rigorous classes and you have to you know move your body in a certain way and very structured ballet one of Zoe Saldana's first film roles by the way she's fantastic And we're following the main girl, Jodi, and she's feeling like they say that her turnout isn't right and she's just being kind of whittled away at this school. And then one day she goes to this dance class where it's like, just move. And they do like they slap their thighs and they move across the floor and they're just like looking at themselves in the mirror and like cheering each other on. And that's what I'm picturing. In this dance class. And that is what I strive for in my mind when I dance now. Because I feel like when I was younger, like when I was in high school, I look back at the dances that I would go to and I would feel so insecure. But also it wasn't dancing that I wanted to do. I didn't want to like grind on people. We would call it freak dancing. Freak dancing. I didn't want to freak dance. You know, I'm happy to freak dance if I reframe it as my freak <laughs> dance, but not yes. in not in those terms. So we're going to watch center stage. I encourage all of our listeners to also watch and report back. But mm, that's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing you as Jody, just letting your hair down, shaking your whole body, and yeah. just like making love to the floor in the way that you want to make love to the floor. We humped. We did. That's perfect. It was
0: very fun. It was very (laughs) joyful. (laughs) We did it on our own terms. We did it in like a 13-year-old way. Like, nah, she said 13. I'd go like 8-year-old. 13, you're already starting to get a little too self-conscious. I'm going for an 8-year-old. Like, I'm doing this thing. Look at me. This is fun.
1: (laughs) I'm so happy for you. That sounds amazing. Well. Well. That kind of leads us into our topic today, I would say. Welcome, everybody, to Wouldn't We Like to Know with Arielle and Linda, the podcast where we get honest, deep, and curious about life's big conversations. Because we don't have to do it alone. We can do it together, do it together. Groovy. (laughs) (laughs) so uh all of that really just plays into our topic for today which is seasonal (laughs) seasonal affective disorder (laughs) aka seasonal depression we are (laughs) we are fighting it one day at a time hello midwinter it is funny that we're talking about this after such a joyous moment for both of us. Yeah. You having your dance class and me being in Hawaii. It's funny to talk about this right now. Yeah. Well,
0: these are some of the ways that we fight it, right? Is like mm-hmm. finding joy and finding warmth and vitamin D and family and breaks and things like that. So I think it
1: does really apply. I agree, and I think we can be our own role models for for getting out of it because I know both of us deal with seasonal depression and i know that a lot of people do i know a lot of my friends do and i think it's really important for us to talk about it because once again we are not alone in our experience Mm -hmm. so everybody we're gonna get into it after the break please stick around we'll see you soon I don't know about you, but I've been a ride-or-die for Thrive Market for many, many years now. They make a healthy lifestyle easy and affordable with their $5 a month membership. I get all my organic pantry items from them. Beans, grains, spices, snacks. I go mad for the huge chocolate-covered cashews. Mmm. Ah, uh, yes! Those
0: chocolate-covered cashews, those are honestly my favorite sweet treat of all time. And over the holidays, I actually even brought them home and had my mom try them. And now she's obsessed with them, too.
1: Thrive also has major deals on non-toxic cleaning products, supplements, home goods, even wine, and sustainable meat and seafood. So you can get so much of your shopping done in one place.
0: Okay, this is random, but they have the best cotton buds. They're Swedish and biodegradable. I mean, what more could you want? And they also have wellness formula, which is both of our secret weapon for not getting sick.
1: What I love about their membership-based market is not only that they provide high-quality, organic, and sustainable products at huge savings, but they also care about their environmental and community impact. For every annual membership, they sponsor
0: a membership for a family in need. They're carbon neutral and working on becoming carbon negative by 2025. Plus, their products are all non GMO and go through a thorough vetting
1: process. Take 40% off your first order when you become a member with our link, which you can find in our show notes or via the link in our Instagram bio. Now back to the show.
0: seasonal affective disorder
1: we love to sing about it and we're making up songs about it it makes it feel a little less horrible (laughs) yeah when you sing about it all Mm. right everybody welcome back we just uh sang a little while i'm not sure if we're gonna include it or not we'll see what happens (laughs) We'll see
0: what happens. If you heard it, then we included it. And if you didn't, then it was so embarrassing, we
1: just decided cut. So we'll just see what happens. Yeah. So today, we're talking about seasonal depression, very romantic stuff. We wanted to get into it because it is the middle of winter. Linda and I live in New York City. It's um not the brightest time Mm-mm. to live in the northeast it's five
0: five twenty two as we're recording this, and the entire sky is gray, and
1: the sun is setting. It's not the one seasonal depression we're coming down from the high of the holidays and having all of those fun things going on and now we're just getting tired around here, losing some motivation
0: and I think something that's important about seasonal affective disorder or depression is that it's very natural for our bodies to do this because our bodies are starting to feel like, okay, it's time to go into hibernation mode. Like This is something that's naturally part of our rhythms. So there's no shame around it, right? It's like we're all experiencing it to some degree, especially if we're in colder, darker climates. But there are ways that you can fight it because it isn't something that's necessarily super helpful for us.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: it's something that can kind of domino effect into something that really isn't good for us, like full-blown depression.
1: Yes, 100%. Just in case you don't know what seasonal affective disorder is, which I'm jealous of you, um, (laughs) straight from the Mayo Clinic, we we pulled some research for you guys. So seasonal affective disorder starts in the fall and continues into the winter months and it can sap your energy, make you feel moody. Some of the symptoms are feeling sad or down most of the day, losing interest in activities you once enjoyed, low energy, feeling hopeless. Appetite changes, oversleeping, all
0: the fun stuff. I feel that, especially the sleeping stuff so much in the winter months. Like I sleep for like 12 hours, no problem.
1: I feel you on that. And I also thought it was really interesting that apparently it is diagnosed more often in women than in men. So interesting. Yeah. That made me wonder, is that because it is more prevalent in women or is that because women maybe seek help for it more? or talk about it more. And I don't know the answer to that, but I thought that that was pretty interesting. And me as a woman, I definitely, definitely get
0: it. I also wonder like, yes, if it's that women maybe talk about it more, maybe if women are like more prone to be in therapy and like talk about their feelings than men are. So it is like reported more maybe by psychiatrists or therapists. Because I have had the experience of people telling me symptoms like this of like i've been sleeping so much lately men specifically mm. and me being like oh yeah that's normal that's part of sad and they're like oh i don't think so mm. i'm just sleeping a lot lately so maybe they're also more likely to explain it away or ignore it beyond just even not talking about it like they're experiencing it but they're just explaining it away mhm so i was going to ask you ariel what are some of your personal experiences with sad
1: well, I have for sure experienced it every year of my life since I was little.
0: I'm just curious, when did you start experiencing it from what you remember? Is there a first memory of experiencing a CD?
1: I do not have a great memory, especially from being little, but I do remember the feeling of like – why am I so tired? Why do I feel like there's nothing to look forward to? Why why am I feeling sad and having that heavy feeling in the winter? I don't know that I can like pinpoint an age that it started for me, but I've always been prone to depressive periods and not just in the winter, but it has always consistently happened in the winter. I remember when I was 10 years old, I went to Therapy for the first time because I just was sad. like I was just depressed. And I don't think that it was the height of winter like we are right now. I think maybe it was going into spring. I, I can't quite remember. But I am prone to depression. I've had depression throughout my life. Never clinical depression, but um, just bouts of depression. But yeah, definitely consistently in the winter. I've had seasonal depression.
0: And I think it's important to note too that you grew up in Delaware. So it gets quite Mm -hmm. cold and gray in the winter there as well.
1: Yeah, it's the same as New York. I mean, it's still that like gray overcast short days. So absolutely. I think as I get older, I have been able to pinpoint it more and I know that it's coming just because I've become more aware of my own patterns with it. You know, like I've become more aware of like, well, things are starting to slow down after the holidays. This is going to happen soon. And for me, that comes out as like this feeling of hibernating, like a need to hibernate and definitely wanting to be alone a lot more. Low energy for sure, low motivation. If I let it go too, too far, I can definitely just sink into not wanting to do anything, not wanting to get up not wanting to be a participant in my own life. And I specifically remember being little and saying to my mom, mom, I don't have anything to look forward to, like having that feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something that when I notice it in myself as an adult, it's kind of a a warning sign of like we're getting to a deeper place of depression. But I do remember being a little kid saying that. We'll get into it in a little bit. But one of the ways that I deal with with the seasonal depression is trying to create something for me to look forward to, because I I think that goes along with a feeling of hopelessness and a feeling of like, well, what's next? What am I doing next? Yeah. What has seasonal depression looked like for you?
0: Well, I think I've experienced it a lot off and on throughout my life because I didn't grow up always in a place that was really cold in the winter. I lived in Holland and there obviously it was very cold in the winter. But then I lived in North Carolina for a few years and it was warmer there in the winter. like It didn't get quite as cold. And then obviously the Philippines, that's also very different. And then California, Northern California does get quite gray and a bit rainy, but there was also a huge drought when I was living there for like the first 5 years. So not not quite as much, but really moving to New York, I started experiencing it very heavily and only really a few years ago did I start to label it as Okay, it's SAD. I know what's happening now. And that was really through like experiencing conversations with my therapist where she's like, you know, you're prone to depression. And I was like, what? No, I'm not. Like, I Mm. never felt like it was something that was part of me. But she was experiencing me talking about the symptoms of SAD, and I was not able to label it with calling it SAD because no one really. Around me had ever talked about it. And I even remember like working at an office, and there was a woman who was on my team, and she would have a vitamin D lamp on her desk. And I was like, Oh, that's so interesting that she needs that. Like, that's great for her. I'm glad she's doing that. But like, huh, I don't think I need that. And now I'm like, Oh, I definitely need that. That's something that's super important for me. Mm. But also growing up, my birthday's in March. So it's kind of like what you were talking about of having something to look forward to. I, Have always kind of had a thing in like the late winter to look forward to that's really exciting that I try to plan something around. Like, I always try to go on a trip for my birthday or do something really exciting for my birthday. So, I have something to look forward to because February for me is like the big slump month. I think for a lot of people, it's like February, March. But because my birthday is March 12th, I kind of have something to look forward to.
1: Built in. Mm, Yeah, that's interesting. I have a question. Yeah. Do you remember what winter was like when you lived in the Philippines? I know you were really young, but do you remember that? It was the same. I mean, it's like a little
0: bit rainier, I want to say. That could be wrong. I'm not quite sure, but I think it's monsoon season. So I think it's a little bit rainier, but it's still really hot. You know, you can still go to the beach. Did you still experience seasonal depression that you can remember? I don't think I did because your body isn't being signaled to go into hibernation mode. You know, it's just like the same. It's like July feels like
1: summer. I was talking to my sister. My sister lives in Hawaii. That's where I am right now. And I was telling her that this was going to be our next topic. And I asked her if she experienced it. And she said that she doesn't experience it here because it stays so sunny and so warm. And she has longer days still. And... I asked her if she'd experienced it before she moved to like a sunny climate. And she said that when she went to school in upstate New York, for sure, which makes sense. You know, that's what people say to get sun, all the things. And so I I was just wondering if you noticed a big difference in between the Philippines and other places.
0: Yeah. And I think that that was one of the things that made it really hard for me to see it as seasonal affective depression or disorder because there weren't really people around me growing up, even in California, like it's not quite as prevalent in California as it is, I think, out here, that like there was never a conversation around it. So I had these symptoms and it took someone else, an expert, my therapist, being like, oh, I see these symptoms lining up and it's leading to something else versus like in California, no one really experiences it. And I went to college in LA and I think it's very not prevalent in
1: those kind of climates, like your sister, that makes sense, and then for you to move to New York and be able to like put a name to it and be able to notice it more, you know, I think as we get older, I mean, as you and I get older, I know that we both try to be pretty aware of like our own cycles and checking in with ourselves and how we're feeling, and so to be able to know that it's coming, it's not nice, but I think that there's something to it that's like, oh, okay, I'm in sync. I understand that this is coming. I'm aware that this is coming. That gives us more power, I think.
0: And being able to be like really aware of the certain symptoms that you specifically experience because I think it can look different for different people. Like for me, I know that I'll start to in the mornings not want to get out of bed. I'll want to just lay there lazily. And I'll have those like similar thoughts to what you were talking about, Ariel, where it's like What's the point? Or like, there's mm-hmm. nothing to look forward to. And it was interesting. And I don't actually know if this is helpful for the, for the conversation, but it was two years ago and I had a different therapist because my therapist went on maternity leave. And I told her that I would had been having this thought when laying in bed of like, what's the point? I don't want to get out of bed. And I pinpointed it as a concerning thought. I was like, "This is not a healthy thought, necessarily, with how I'm dealing with it. Mm-hmm. I think there's more here. <laughs> I think we should talk about it." And she was like, "Oh yeah, okay." And she like didn't <laughs> she didn't like delve into it or ask me more questions about it, and I was like, "Interesting. So I think it's also like being really aware of yourself is helpful. Yeah. Because sometimes other people don't get it. Like she was a therapist. She absolutely should have seen it for what it was. But, you know, if you're having these thoughts or these feelings, there is something there, even if people are maybe not able to validate it for you. Like even if other people in your life are like, oh, that's normal or like it's not a big deal. If you're feeling it and you're experiencing it and it feels off to you, listen to that and maybe try to talk
1: to someone else because there might be something more there, you know? 100%. I think that's a really important thing to say, Linda. Knowing yourself and being able to trust, oh, this thought is scary. I had a similar thought one day. I had literally the same thought, which was, what's the point? But in the context of that day for me, that thought was not the same as the thought that you had. My thought Mm -hmm. was more like existential and not necessarily super dark. But it was, you know, it was the same exact thing, but you knowing yourself enough to know that like that was concerning versus for me, it was more like, huh, more of like a question for the universe than like, this is very dark. So (laughs) yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) totally. I think if you know your own baseline, then you're able to kind of understand what's happening
1: with you. Absolutely. Just getting clearer on our own inner voice, you know, I think that's so, so important. Well, now that we've talked about our own experiences with seasonal affective disorder, we're going to chat about things that we've done to deal with it, that we've learned how to deal with it. And I think both of us just want to start off by saying we are not doctors. This is just our experience. If you're feeling down for a long period of time, if you have no motivation, if, like we talked about, you feel that you're having a thought that is very dark or concerning to you, we definitely, definitely suggest talking to somebody, whether that's a friend, family member, healthcare provider. Please take care of yourself.
0: Yeah, this is not a device. This is just our experiences and what has
1: helped us. hmm and we hope that it can help you. That's the whole point of this thing. So Linda, can you share some of the things that work for you? You miss manifesting generator, you know what to do, girl. <laughs> Yes. Um, I
0: think one of the things that helps me a lot is discipline. When I start to notice myself sinking into a depressive state, I don't really want to do much of anything. I kind of just, like I said earlier, I want to lay in bed. I want to sit on the couch. I have a lot of really negative thoughts about myself, about how other people view me, And when I get into that headspace, I don't really want to reach out to people. I don't want to go outside. I don't really want to do much of anything. So discipline is really important for me and kind of forcing myself to do things that I don't feel like doing because I know that they're actually going to really help me. So some of those things are like exercise, reaching out to people, drinking a lot of water. One of the things that I notice brings on SAD for me in the winter is drinking a lot. So, if I have multiple nights where I'm drinking, like alcohol, alcohol, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, not water. Water is what helps. <laughs> that was a very, very good point, Ariel. Um, yeah, drinking alcohol. So, if I'm drinking alcohol multiple nights in a row, the night after that, if I'm not drinking, I feel sadder. Mm-hmm. So, starting to just notice that about myself and noticing that. I need to just be really careful around how much I'm drinking booze in the winter Yeah, because if I'm not careful with it, then it kind of starts to become a crutch and I don't have an addictive personality with alcohol or with drugs, but it definitely, even knowing that I don't have an addictive personality, I do
1: notice that it starts to be like, it definitely affects my mood a lot. That makes sense. So I'm curious because you have, Discipline. You're talking about discipline. And I'm curious, like, how does that show up for you in those moments of it being really hard because you don't have the motivation? Does that show up as like the little voice in your head saying, Get up, Linda? Or is it like you write it down for your future self? Like, what does that look like? I think the discipline helps me to not get to
0: the point where it's really hard to not do anything. I think it's like what we talked about before with inertia. Once I'm doing the things, it's easier to keep doing the things. Mm -hmm. It's definitely harder when I haven't been doing the things. But I think one of the things that helps me is the thought in my head of like, okay, the way you're feeling right now isn't the way that you have to feel.
1: And Mm -hmm. it's okay
0: that you feel this way right now, but there is a way out of the way that you feel right now. This is not the way you're going to feel forever. Because I think when you are in a depressive state, it feels like, I've never felt another way other than this, and I'll never feel another way ever again. So I think remembering, it hasn't always been like this, and there are tools in my toolbox that I can use to get myself out of this place. And I know what they are. They're accessible. I can do them right now. I don't have to do everything right now, but can I maybe get up from the couch right now and go get myself a big glass of water? That might make me feel a lot better. Yeah. Or, you know, it gets quite cold in my apartment in the winter and I don't like to sleep with the heater on because I don't like to waste the energy. Mm -hmm. So if even if it's like, okay, let me just get up out of bed and turn the heater on and then I can sit under the blanket on my couch instead with the heater on, that's going to make me feel a lot better. Or like, hey, can I just put on some clothes? It does not matter what I look like. My worth is not in what I look like. Just put on some clothes, walk out the door and go for a little walk. Mm. And I don't have to go far. I just I just need to go outside. That's the only thing I have to do. That'll make me feel better. Or you know, even if you don't want to go outside, just
1: like I, I have a big lobby in my building. Just go walk around the lobby. Just get out of yourself a little bit. Yeah, I really relate to that feeling of being in a depressive period and not being able to see outside of it. Like yeah. when you're in it, it's like this is what my life has always been like, right? And like I I think that. This has just come with age for me and understanding my own cycles enough to know that it is not always that way. It has not always been that way. And again, just building that self-trust that like that little voice inside of you that's saying, get up, just put some socks on, just get up out of bed turn on one light and read a book like whatever yeah. that little voice is saying to me it's like oh that's something that i've built in myself that i now trust that even though me ariel right now can't think outside of where i am the little voice inside of my head that i have grown the muscles that i've grown are there to protect me and there to like help me get out of it
0: i think too like knowing if there are certain things that like alcohol that will make you feel worse and maybe trying to stay away from that like another one that I was just thinking of is social media if you're just sitting on your phone and like scrolling through Instagram just knowing okay I can do that that's an option and that's okay but it's not gonna help me that is not gonna leave me feeling good and it's gonna put me in a more negative place so can I maybe delete Instagram for right now and then I'm just sitting there and I'm like okay well now what (laughs) because that was the thing that I was doing mindlessly. Okay, what are the other options here? So then it's like, it kind of opens up to like other tools of like, okay, well, maybe I'll just go outside or maybe I'll read a book or, you know, whatever that looks like for you.
1: Yeah, getting rid of some of the quote unquote negative variables in order to allow for room for, for other things. For me, a huge thing. That's helped has been talk therapy and consistency yeah. in talking to somebody because, like you said, I think that it creates a baseline. I think that if I can't see outside of myself, at least you know, once a week, I'm talking to this person that knows me and knows my moods and knows how I normally show up, and there's a, a sense of safety in knowing that somebody is looking out for me in that way. And somebody like knows my cycles and knows my baseline. So that for me has been super, super helpful. And it's someone that can also like reflect back to me what I'm saying to them of if I'm feeling really down, if I'm feeling nothing, if I'm feeling numb to the world, to have somebody reflect that back to me, I think that it's more of an impetus to be like, oh, I see what's happening. Let me start to make a change somehow. So that's been really helpful. Also, just telling people that I love, telling friends, telling family, hey, I've been feeling down. I've been feeling some seasonal depression. And it doesn't have to be more than that. It doesn't even have to be me asking for anything. It's just, hey, I want you to know this thing. Mm -hmm. And then there's a sense of these people are looking out for me. Mm -hmm. And one of my best friends, Liz. Hey, Liz. Um, One of my best friends, she goes through seasonal depression and she and I will just go back and forth and it'll be like funny little memes that we send back and forth, but it ends up being just we're in this together. I'm not alone and we both know that we're going to get out the other side and I think that that's so helpful. And you and I last year, I remember that we like… Had a text exchange and we were like, let's plan stuff, let's get out. I think just knowing that somebody else is going through it and being able to not have the pressure to show up as your happiest self is so, so helpful. Yeah. And going along with that, planning something, like what I was saying when I was little, like not having anything to look forward to. I just think of my mom saying, well, let's get something to look forward to, like let's plan something. And that can be something as small as like, planning to go get a cup of tea with a friend or i mean i want to book myself a massage let me plan for that in Ooh, the near future yeah. <laughs> um and then like if you have the financial means if you have the time if you have the privilege maybe take a tiny little trip to somewhere with some sun i know that that's not accessible and available to everyone but i think that if it is at least for me it's made such a huge difference Last year, I went to Miami with one of my best friends because we were both feeling seasonal depression. We were both feeling down and we booked something really quick and went and that was lovely. And this year, I'm hanging out with my sister in Hawaii and that's been lovely. So I know, again, that that's a real privilege and that's not accessible to everyone. But I do encourage you, if you have the means to do so, do it. Do it. And prioritize it because
0: it's important. You're important enough for you to spend the money on it. You know,
1: Carve out the time for yourself, even if that's just, let me take a bath tonight. That's my plan to take care of myself right now. Let me read my book for 10 minutes, having something. And I guess the last thing that I want to say that's been a really big game changer for me, and I've talked about this in previous episodes around being a projector in um, human design, which again, I don't know if that's valid. I don't know anything about it. But a huge thing for me has been surrendering to the hibernation a little bit, knowing that it's a natural cycle for me, knowing that it's something that happens consistently for me. I have not read this book, but I've had multiple people tell me about it. And so, I can't speak to it fully, but it sounds like it really relates to what I'm talking about. It's called um, wintering, the power of rest and retreat in difficult times. And we can, I guess we can link to it too, but I wrote a piece about this maybe last year or the year before just about seasonal depression and how I again I have had the privilege to have a more flexible schedule and I've been able to allow myself to just listen to my body and rest trusting that when spring comes I will have energy again. I am a flower, I am a I'm a grizzly bear. I'm hibernating in the winter and this is a natural cycle and I will come out of it and be myself quote-unquote in that way again and also allowing this time to be me being myself as well like it's all part of me and I think this is also where
0: knowing yourself comes in a lot because for me discipline is really important for you surrendering is really important so it's like finding what really works for you and understanding the way that your body and your mind function personally because it is different for for different people
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that because it's true. It's like cool that you and I have such different, like we both have seasonal depression and have suffered from it, but we have very different bodies and different things that we need. And I think that that's really beautiful and really important to say is that, you know, what works for you is different than what works for me. And I think that that's so cool. And to be able to like try different things and seeing what works for each of us is where the magic is. Yeah. I also want to touch on briefly. I said before how living in so- some place sunny, you don't really go through seasonal depression as much. Like that seems to be the research and what I hear from people. And for me, there's something about having seasons that feels correct in my body. And it might just be mm-hmm. an excuse for me. I might not need that. But I, As I've come to embrace and surrender to winter, I've felt that summer has been so much more impactful and that even my winter has been so much more impactful because I'm allowing myself to just cozy up and read a book and take care of myself more and recharge for the next season. And it's almost this permission of like hey, you can just rest right now. It's not a sunny day, so you don't have to be outside. A little bit of shame comes with, it's a lovely day, get your ass outside. you know. Mm. (laughs) I think allowing myself the permission to lean into the rest has been really nice. Well, I hope that some of that resonates with you all. And I'm really happy that we had the conversation because I do think it's so cool to hear two different ways of dealing with things. And hopefully somebody can like, pick and choose what makes the most sense for them. And if nothing else, it can encourage people to get more in touch with what is it that I need right now.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of this doesn't necessarily, there's no right or wrong answer. There's just different approaches. And some of that takes testing and learning. And you might not get it right the first time, but I think as long as you have a support system around you and people that are walking hand in hand with you, you know, try different things, see what works for you and see what makes you feel better and what makes you feel not so good. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we talked about that. Me too. I think it's important and it makes us feel less alone when we talk about it, especially with depression, because that feels
1: really isolating. Very isolating. And it's not a glamorous topic, but we're not glamorous girls. Well, sometimes we are glamorous. Sometimes we are glamour girls. We're multifaceted. Your top is falling
0: off.
1: <laughs> Happy birthday <to> you. <laughs> Mr. President.
0: <laughs> well, if you want to hear more of us singing, um, serenading you, or talking about depression, <laughs> basically all of the best topics... You can subscribe to our podcast. If you leave a review, we'd love you, four, five, six, seven, ever. And we'll also share our favorite reviews
1: at the end of every episode. Yes. Today's five-star review is from Cindy Yonshaw. Not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but that's what she wrote. She says, super funny and relatable. I feel like I'm just eavesdropping on their conversations, but they're so funny. Oh, my God. Thank you. It's a great brain break from life and it's very helpful to hear that some of the random thoughts I have other people are
0: having too. Thank you for leaving that review, Cindy. As Cindy and I know each other, we used to work together. So it means a lot that you're listening. Thank you for leaving a review. Thank you, Cindy. You can also follow us on Instagram if you want to see my dance video. And we all do. We won't be posting that. Um, You actually won't be able to find that on our Instagram, but there are other things on there. <laughs> <laughs> our Instagram handle is wouldn't we like to know. And you can also email us with any of your questions or show suggestions or guest suggestions at wouldn't we like to know at gmail.com
1: please do we love to hear from you it really makes me feel good I think it makes you feel good too Linda
0: yes and I just had a wonderful conversation actually with someone who emailed us and she's going to be coming on the podcast soon uh, to chat with us and she is just wonderful so I was really glad she reached out so more of that please we'll see you next week love you love you bye